Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the words of comfort our Saviour Christ says to all who truly turn to him. Come to me all who labour and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Hear what St Paul says. This saying is true and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Hear what St John says. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Amen. Amen. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so together we say, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you through our own fault, in thought and word and deed, and in what we have left undone. We are heartily, we are heartily sorry, sorry and repent of all our sins. For your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. May Almighty God have mercy on you, forgive you your sins, and bring you to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray with one heart and mind. A collect for today, the seventh Sunday after Trinity. Generous God, you give us gifts and make them grow, though our faith is small as mustard seed. Make it grow to your glory and the flourishing of your kingdom, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The first reading is taken from Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 1 to 6. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, 
the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people, Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away, and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and will bring them back to their pasture, where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteousness. For the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord, and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, to you o, Lord. o Lord. The apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognised them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognised Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, 
into villages, towns or countryside. They placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ. Christ. Through the written word and the spoken word, may we know your living word. In the name of Christ. Amen. The Gospel of Mark, from which most of our readings this year are taken, is quite short, but the story within it moves at breakneck speed. Jesus seems to be constantly on the move, first calling his disciples, then healing and teaching, healing and teaching all throughout Galilee, until he travels to Jerusalem at the head of his disciples, where his earthly life ends with his crucifixion. And in the rush to move from one event to the next, Mark's gospel tends to focus for the most part on the big stories, the big lessons, the big speeches, and the big miracles. And yet our reading today from the Mark's gospel, while it does include healing and teaching, is more importantly about the need to stop and take a rest. The disciples had gone out two by two as Jesus had sent them. They'd gone to all the towns and villages, they'd stayed up late, they'd got up early, they'd preached till their throats were hoarse, and they'd anointed the sick wherever they went. They were worn out from good hard work. And on their return, the crowds were again rushing to meet Jesus. He and his disciples were swamped with people in need of healing, renewal, restoration. But Jesus knew that without time to rest, where the disciples could be alone with him, they wouldn't have the strength to rush on to meet the next challenge and the other challenges ahead. He saw that they were tired and he offered them an invitation. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. He invited them to be alone with him. What a remarkable invitation from Jesus. Come with me and get some rest. And it was when they were alone together that Jesus taught his disciples. A little earlier in Mark's gospel, we're told when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked about the parables. When he was alone with his disciples, He explained everything. So Jesus waited for the quietest moments for the clearest teaching. And Jesus went out to quiet, lonely places for prayer. By calling them out to the quiet place, Jesus was inviting his disciples not simply to get away from the crowds and get some food, but to join him in fellowship with his Father. Nowadays, we live in a time when everything is supposed to be done quickly and efficiently. We're addicted to busyness. We eat fast foods. We drive in the fast lane. Some of us even send fast messages to one another using a weird abbreviated spelling thing called text speak. And we're also addicted to noise. 
The television blares out all day in some homes. Or we're attached by our earphones to constant music. It seems that many of us are terrified of quiet, terrified of being alone, and noise forms a blockade against the quiet. So why is the world so afraid to go to the quiet place? Well, the quiet place is a vulnerable place. The quiet place is a place for self-reflection. The quiet place is a place where a person might meet God. And what this morning's passage is meant to teach us is that God is just as present in the quiet moments as he is in the crisis moments. It's in the quiet moments where we take the time to put down our phones, remove our thoughts from all the tasks we need to accomplish, and just rest in God's presence. So how do we manage to secure those quiet moments? Jesus has called us away to a quiet place with him. We really must go. Maybe we should each set aside 15 to 20 minutes every day to be alone and quiet with the Lord, just the two of us, apart from all the other distractions. So when you leave here today, why don't you go home, have coffee, sit back in a comfortable chair or sofa, turn off your phone, your TV and your music, and just relax. Tune out all the distractions and talk to God for a while. Just let him know how you feel and listen for him to respond. If we can commit to regular encounters like these, the Lord will meet us. We may not perceive his touch every time, but every time he will meet us and each one of us will be changed. Amen. Let us declare our faith as together we say. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who, with the Father and the Son, is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. 
We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, and the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.